Gosh, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Hi, man. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So let's just jump in then, Matt Kelly. Um, if you could maybe kick us off and, and just share, you know, the question that we're asking is how should men think about leading the next generation? So maybe you, Matt Kelly, could just kick us off and just tell us why is this even important? Why should we care about this? Yeah, I would probably say um, if you want to continue ministry in your church, sorry, it's my computer. Oh, that's okay. This is this is prelim, so you're good. Okay, sorry, McGowan wants to know something. Um, I mean, well, first of all, I think that we have seen real good fruit from it. We've seen um, our church benefit from it. We've made a real conscious effort a long time ago to um, get new leaders in the mix. So ministry, we've seen too many churches die with personalities and that is not who we are. Mm-hmm. And not who we want to be. We want to be able to develop the next generation to carry the gospel forward. And so it's been on our heart kind of from for the last 15 years. As we were aging, we knew that was an opportunity that we needed to take advantage of. And so it's it's kind of been who we've been a part of all the time. Uh, we've always had we've always had a discipleship mentor idea. So that's kind of been who we were from the even beginning, the creation of grace, you know. Yeah. And you, from what I understood, Brad and I, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I mean, you, I mean, did Matt do this some with you? Do you feel like this kind of started in a relationship with Matt or somebody else? Like, yeah, yeah. I had two, I had, it was, um, I had two or three guys were early on Matt Williams, Tom Merritt, and Mike Perreo. Um, I was working at Ubi who Mike and Tom, and there were, there were, there was never a major decision that I made that I didn't run by them. And sometimes they would say, man, that's a great idea. And then other times I'd walk in real confident with something Rob's getting ready to do. And they'd be like, man, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you why you shouldn't do that. And it was a great source of, um, it was just a resource that I felt like I had not had before, you know, where yeah. you don't make decisions in a vacuum because I don't know what I'm doing and they help you advance. A lot of times we call it advancing years. Like we tell our interns, man, if you could leave here as a 20 year old and and think like a 25 year old instead of a 21 year old, that'd be a great benefit, you know? Yeah. So I I think for me personally, I've learned that I have a thinking problem. You know, Romans 12 talks about you have to renew your mind. So I'm, I'm all, I'm always realizing, I'm realizing that now, but I'm 44 years old. So how did you, Matt, get to a point where you're young and you come to the point where you're like, I can't make decisions in a vacuum. Like, how does that happen? And then how do we as maybe an older generation that's wanting to invest in a younger generation, because we see the benefit of it, how do we then recognize that in other people? So I'm asking two questions, I guess. Um, But first of all, like, how did you humble yourself enough to be able to even ask Tom and, and Matt, um, Hey, I want to do this thing. What do you think about it? Why, why did you even do that? Yeah, I think I just, it, it was one of the first times I'd been around some real powerful, I guess, influential men that I was yeah. like, man, they, their personalities are nothing like me. We have some similar ideas, but their personalities are different. I wonder why they think the way they do. I wonder how they would handle this. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to handle this the way I, I would handle it, but if the outcome's the same, is that does that matter? You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. I, I, 
I've got a little bit of a resourceful kind of like I'm good to milk stuff from people. And so, I mean, I'm like, gosh, that that's a great idea. I've never thought about that. Gosh, that's a great idea. <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess it's humility. <laughs> it feels weird thinking that, but I mean, I just have always been like, what can I learn from somebody else that thinks very differently than me, you know? <clears throat> and so that was kind of my, how it kind of started. And I was working real closely with those men. So they would, <clears throat> Tom, Tom would tell me to ask a question. I'd be like, from a, from a buyer. And I'd be like, man, I, I'm, I'm never going to think of that question. Yeah. Where did you get that question? And his his, his answer was, I came to that question because I spent six years not asking that question. And I finally realized that's the question. And it is going to save you a bunch of time. And so I was grateful for that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can either work my tail off spending this for the next six years, figuring this out on my own, or I can ask a guy who's already done it how to do it. And maybe he can expedite my, my work opportunities. You know? Yeah. So what do you think are one or two benefits that you've received from being invested by an older gentleman, a wiser man. Oh gosh! Only one or two. <laughs> you can tell me as many as you want. I'm no, just—I didn't want to overwhelm I think, you. I, well, I think it's just not just any man. It's men that are legit, um, trying to figure out what it means to live a life of faith hmm. and be in the working world. You know, I, I think there's I think there's an interesting thing when you see guys that have opportunity and drive and want to get stuff done, but they also want to do it in the parameters of honoring the Lord and what they're doing. Yeah. And I'd only I grew up in a ministry context, so I didn't I didn't know how all that worked together. So that was always that was fascinating to me. The opportunity of getting stuff done and honoring God what you're doing and even in the little things, how you manage yourself and manage conversations and getting stuff done you're supposed to get done and yeah all that was really interesting to me hmm. yeah chris I, I i think there's a i think there's a piece in this that's also for guys that are listening who are you know that are on the younger side this is work that they can be doing to invest in people younger than them but then also asking them the questions as they hear matt's story like asking them how am i seeking this out from other people so it's investing in the next generation, but also as the next generation, how are you intentionally being invested into and putting yourself in those positions? So I think there, there's, for the listeners that are in that category too, this is going to be helpful. I think one thing that is a little different is that the, your, your idea is to think I need a mentor. I need somebody to mentor me. Right. Don't ask anybody that. Yeah. I, I think you just need to be able to be willing to learn from anyone. Like when I started managing people for the first time, I knew Mike Chavero had managed a bunch of stuff. So I, I asked him to lunch. I said, let me take you to lunch. I'd love to ask you about managing. Once we got to lunch, he handed me a book. We talked for a little while. He goes, go read this book. I'll meet you in three weeks. I was like, okay. So I got three weeks to read this book. <clears throat> we talk about it. When we get done meeting, he goes, I want you to meet with this man. I want you to meet with this man. They've done a bunch of man. And so I just did whatever he told me to do. And I learned a bunch of different things from different people and all their personalities. They all were really good managers and they all had very different personalities and, and styles. And so I think being able to do that 
that's something I'd want from I'd want a younger person is they want to be a lot of times they want to be personally attached to a person, and it's not necessarily you might be attached to a person for a season, but it's not all the time. It doesn't always work that way. You know. What I'm yeah. Saying? So and let's let's tie this back to the residency. Um, so do you guys? So I'm 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 taking some notes. So you were willing to learn from people. That's what that's what you saw. You're like, hey, I just want to be willing to learn. So it's not about getting a mentor. It's just about being willing to learn. And there's plenty of men ahead of us that have learned something. And Mike Chibero, in your instance, was that guy. So this by Mike doing that with you, he, he's helping you um, save some time. He's helping you grow in your leadership. He's helping you maybe. Um, keep from having to go down some hard roads that he went down. So the motivation for us as men, how should we think about leading the next generation is that we're trying to care for people. We're trying to care for younger guys. Um, we want to help them maybe not make the same mistakes that we have made. Um, I'm, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just trying to talk out loud here. Like, why should we do this? What is the benefit from it? So, yeah. So Davis, what is the benefit? Like, what are we telling people? What are you, what, what do you think are the benefits to this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's generational progress. It's um, the fact that um, we should we should want those that come behind us to be able to stand on our shoulders and do more than right. we could have thought for the sake of the kingdom. And so, um, you really are you're leveraging you're leveraging those that are older than you um, to be able to do even more for God's sake. So. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's definitely the motivation. I do think that people arrive at the need for it differently. Okay. Me, I was not, um, I was not originally that, um, curious or wanted to take things from people that were older than me. Um, and it's funny cause 20 years after Tom Merritt's helping Matt Kelly, he's on a walk with me in Powdersville <laughs> explaining to me how this relationship that I was in was going to, was going to go in college. And at the end now of this relationship with who? With a girl. Okay. Um, and at the end of that walk, I was like, nah. which girl, which girl, this was uh Becca meter. Oh, dang it. I thought we were talking about Maddie. Okay. No, 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 no this is no, this is no, we had to break. Uh, okay. No, no, this is, this is pre Maddie. <laughs> um, and so he, he spelled out for me how this whole thing was going to go. And I was like, nah, he don't know what he's talking about. And so then what happens? He's a prophet. And a few months later, everything that he had said had come to fruition. And so for me through that, through being humbled through how that whole relationship went was what tipped me off to, all right, man, well, if that dude tells me something, I probably just need to believe him and do it. And so kind of the next big decision for me was about what I was going to do post-grad, post-graduating. Um, and so I took, I had kind of two options that I took to Tom one night in Powder School Student Ministry. I was wearing a Buddy the Elf costume because it was the Christmas party. And <laughs> I'm sitting there dressed like freaking Buddy the Elf, being like, Tom, you just got to tell me what I'm supposed to do. Cause I don't, I don't know what job I need to take or anything like that. And he just, he didn't tell me what to do, but he kind of spelled out some, some thoughts around, well, what's your, what trajectory do you want to be on and all this stuff. And, um, and help me, help me arrive at a decision. And so after that, it was just so clear to me that I'd already been humbled on not, not leveraging the, um, the wisdom of those of men that were older and farther along. I was like, man, I'm, I'm not making that mistake again. And so um, it just started 
Um, it started the process of, cause then I, you know, that, that decision from Tom leads to um, really getting involved with Matt Kelly um, and leveraging him in that way is I had new decisions to make about yeah. student loan debt and trying to marry Maddie and all this other stuff. And so, um, so that kind of tipped the scales for me after being told real clearly, hey, this is how this is gonna go, me rejecting that and then having to live with the consequences of what had already been told to me was gonna happen is what really, um, is what opened my eyes to the need for those that were farther along to be, um, to be speaking in, for me to be coming to them asking for, um, asking for input. But then once again, like, like we're saying, the motivation piece, if, if they didn't care about um, those ideas of generational progress, of dragging your 30s into your 20s, um, and helping me think like someone that has more experience than I actually have. Um, if they didn't value all that, then Tom wouldn't have taken two hours to go on that walk with me in Powdersville that day. And I was a busy dude at that time, you know, and I was yeah. just a dumb college kid who could offer him nothing, literally could <laughs> offer him nothing. So, um, it was that, that kind of willingness to just sacrifice time, energy, wisdom, um, that, Made, that really made any of that possible for me, you know? Mm. We talked about, the last time we talked about this, we talked about being, oh, there, oh, there was a lack of awareness um, in, in maybe this. Um, Matt, you said that our people feel like they're in a season and because they're in a season, they get to be dissolved of the responsibility. So could you speak to that a minute and why yeah, that's that so been That might've been, been me being pissed somewhere. I would say that it spoke to me because I mean, there's, I mean, I have an opportunity to lead my, my sons. And so what, what does it look like for me as a dad to invite someone else to help me do that? That could be a little bit ahead of them, but not so ahead of me so that I could benefit from it and they could benefit from it. I don't know. There's a whole lot of thoughts that I had from when you said that. Yeah. I mean, the thing, and I was thinking more about me and the people that we're interacting with right now. Um, the tendency is to think I'm busy with kids. I'm developing my kids. That's what I'm doing. I'm guys are trusting my family to me, which means my all my focus needs to be on my family. I don't need to be dealing deal with anybody else. Yeah. Which I would say one of the most developmental things that could happen for a man's children is for him to see that man bring people in his home mm -hmm. I, to practice hospitality. For my kid, for me to tell my kids, hey, y'all got to go to bed a little bit early tonight. We got a couple coming over we're working with. Um, they'll be like, oh, I just think there is something about um, having people in your home and doing stuff that shows your children that the world's not about them. And it shows, it models for your children some things that you just don't know, you just don't think about. And the tendency yeah. is, I'm too busy to do that. I'm too busy with my kids. We got swim, we got this. Like we're having a couple come over tonight and we haven't seen them in a long time and we've got a really busy week, but yeah. it's what we need to do, you know? And so I think, I think the thing I was thinking about is for a lot of you, a lot of families that I know are kind of where we are, have young kids or high schoolers. I think they just don't, they don't think a lot of times that what, what it's going to do for your own family is in opening your home. And so you absolve yourself from it. You're like, I'm, I'm off the hook because I'm doing this. I'm raising my kids and my family and I'm trying to make disciple makers of them. 
But what they don't think about is one of the ways you're making disciple makers is you're they're seeing you minister to other people. Yeah. You know? I mean, mm. I don't know. That, but if being honest with you, I had somebody early on tell me, don't ever stop having people in your home. Yeah. You, you, I, if you have people in your home, man, it just does something. Your kids will be impacted by that. And I remember seeing that in my family. I remember coming home and there'd be people at my parents' house still late, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that my parents had people over, you know. Um, but I think that's something is that we, we quickly say we're too busy so we don't have time. Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm going to tell you, it's always at the inopportune time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yep. man, can you come see you tonight? I'm like, oh, you can. Come on. I can't see you until after nine. That's fine. Nine o'clock's okay. All right. All right, babe. Put a pot of coffee on. We're going to have somebody We've there. We've never done that before. Yeah. We're going to have somebody <laughs> from about nine to 1130. It's going to be fine. You know, we'll sleep. Sleep's overrated. So, what, Matt, when you, when you think about conversations with your kids, like after they've seen or over the years, how they've seen that, and you've had conversations with them after or, or anything, like what are some of the ways you've seen it impact them where they're noticing what you're doing. Like we can be hopeful as parents that that's having an impact, yeah. but are there ways in conversation that you've seen how that's impacted your kids in the way that they see that in the home? Yeah. They're actually more excited about having people all over than they are me spending time with them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're more impacted. Like, Hey, we got somebody coming over tonight. Um, and they don't even know what that is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something spiritual actually. Um, but they they are more energized by us doing something together than they are me just saying, let me give you some time. Let me, hey, I'm sorry we got time. Now, I can't do it every night. I mean, there's, there's right. nights where i got to be with just them. But, man, i got more time with my kids. All I do is date my kids, you know? <clears throat> so I, I just think they're, I think that they'll be able to start see, seeing some things later on, you know? But they have relationships with people, too. They love what we yeah. do. You know, so Matt, how do we, so I don't have, or let's just say there's other men that are listening to this when we do the final, like they're not having men or younger men call them and say, Hey, can I come over at nine o'clock tonight? Put on the coffee. You know, you, you're maybe just a unicorn in that, but, or maybe that's how we should all be. How does that, how do we put that in play? Like, how do we get started in investing in, in relationships like that? Well, I mean, if it was me and I was a random person, let's say I was doing roundtable at a, at a, at a campus. Yeah. I'm in a group at roundtable. I got five guys. One morning, one of the guys says something really weird. And nobody else reacts to it, but you're like, that's weird. So what do you do? You're at breakfast with them the next week. You're like, hey, man, you said this. What does this mean? Well, I don't know what it means. I mean, some, some, some. And my wife, I'm like, what's wrong with your wife? Well, she's frustrated and so I'm saying, okay, well, maybe we need to have you all over. Maybe y'all need to come over and let's talk about it. I mean, seriously, that's what it is. It's yeah. like, it's just asking the questions and be like, hey, did you mean to say that? Did you mean to say that in front of everybody the other day? You kind of, yeah. kind of downed your wife in front of everybody. What's going on? Well, well, you know, she's this and this. Be like, okay, well, she probably don't like you very much. All right, well, let's y'all come over tonight. Let's figure out what's going on. You know, hmm. I, I mean, you have to be... <laughs> You just have to be willing to ask questions. I mean, you'd be surprised if you ask somebody a question. 99% of the time, they'll just tell you the truth. 
Yeah. You know, just ask a question. They'll tell you what, what you're thinking. <clears throat> you, have, you have to put yourself in space with people. Like, you have to be leading the men's roundtable group. That's right. Or you have to be, you know, yeah. like you have to <clears throat> putting yourself in positions where there are people that are behind yeah. you that you're able to even grab them and have that conversation. So a lot of it's just through serving. Yeah. Um, not that you have to be leading a group to do any of that, but all of a sudden you start serving in Grace Church Kids and then there's That's right. there's a dude that um, serves in big group that with you that you start having a conversation with on a Sunday morning while he's running sound and that's what leads to the breakfast that leads to the, that's right. the invite over for dinner. So you do have to put yourself in yeah. space to um, for those kind of conversations to happen. Yeah. So just an example and this is this is we were somewhere a couple weeks ago and I just noticed that somebody that I know was upset. I could just tell. So I went up to him like, hey, you okay? Well, they just got upset on me. So I asked him a couple questions. I said, hey, if you want to talk to me, Lee Allison, be happy to do that. So two weeks ago, some other stuff went down. They just called us. But all it was was I recognized in the moment that person was not good. I was yeah. like, hey, I just said what it was. I was like, hey, I don't know what's wrong, but I can tell you're upset. So you don't have to tell me, but Lee Allison, I'll be willing to talk to if you, if you need it. Yeah. And man, it, and then <clears throat> two Saturdays ago, they're at our house for three hours. Wow. Yeah. It's just, and all I did was just, I, I, I could have been wrong. They could have been like, no, I'm fine. I'm just sleepy. I'd be like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, like the posture difference between waiting for something to come to your doorstep or into your life, as opposed to every day looking with that, that lens of intentionality of what, what's going on around me. Right. And I, and like you did in that situation, you didn't need to know all the details or any details. You just knew to move towards. Yeah. Yeah. So, Matt, it sounds like, um, you know, you and your wife have a relationship, like you have a strategic relationship together for something like this. So talk to us about how do you set that up with your spouse to be prepared to engage in these type of relationships? Yeah, well, when we had our second kid, um, I told Lee Allison that her value is not fully in being a mom. I said, you got stuff to offer. I said, people, the church has taught you a lot. You've been entrusted with a lot of knowledge for you to sit here and just teach it to your kids. I don't really think that's right. I said, so what are you going to do to invest in people? Because what could happen is you get 20, <coughs> 20 years down the road, you've dumped all this on your kids. What do your kids do? They leave you. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, hey, I've been a mom. I don't know what... I don't have relationships with anybody. I don't have any significance in some ways. And so I just totally, I, I pushed Lee Allison real early on. I was like, we're going to be doing things together because you, you can't just be, you can't have all this knowledge and not speak in. You have something to say. And I think yeah. a lot of times you just have to tell your, I mean, Lee Allison's way smarter than I am. And she has thoughts. You just, she's not as outgoing as I am. But once you get her talking, I'm like, oh, okay, you know. So I think it's just the husband pushing the wife or the spouse pushing the other spouse. Yeah. Like, 
hey, you have stuff to offer. Why are we not? Why are you not offering it? You know? Yeah. We we gotta we gotta figure this out together. You know? Yeah. So, so it, some of ours has been called. Some of ours a lot. Of, a lot of it's been couples ministry, and so, you know, a lot of it is. I can't say some things to the wives that that Lee Allison can say because it's going to look like I'm sure creating an agenda for her husband in the moment. You know? Yeah. So let's say we're you know kind of wrapping this up, and we were saying, man, if you could give us as men a goal for the next you know ninety days, so that we'd be able to be successful at being part of this, leading the next generation, discipling younger men. Um, you know, what would you like to see us accomplish in the next 90 days? Uh, I think I would say you ought, to, you ought to consider asking God, where does he, who's somebody that he wants you to spend time with that's not going to be easy on you? It's, mm-hmm. And not necessarily difficult. It ain't got to be this big mercy ministry. It's just, it's going to take some time and you're going to learn from it. You know, what would you say, Dennis? Yeah, um, I mean, I think as as practical as you can get is that you need to have breakfast with somebody in the next ninety days. Yeah, where the you know you're looking for opportunities to take somebody to breakfast and um, and just find out what problems they're facing, what are the problems mm-hmm. they're trying to solve, what are the decisions they're trying to make. I'm sure that there's a handful of questions that um, that would be good to ask. Um, where then you just get to start to poke in and then be like, well, I was thinking about doing this. Well, why are you thinking about doing that? Um, because you can, you, you know, you might get down to the bottom of it and help them realize how terrible of a decision that is. Um, but I think, yeah, you have to posture yourself in a way that is looking for opportunities and then cash in on it, man. You got yeah. to take somebody to breakfast. That's right. mm-hmm. Well, I like how you said pray first. And yeah. ask God, I think that's really good, man. That's good wisdom because then God's going to lead you to people. No, you, you be, you'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you start asking stuff like that, he'll create more chaos for you yeah. that helps you than you can. Yeah. You might want to think about it. Before yeah, you, you might want to be careful how you ask the question. <laughs> well, I think that's a good way to end this episode. And then, right. and then Davis, I like how you said, you know, like ask questions, figure out what the problems are. Um, I like to ask, I like to ask a lot of questions too in that area, like what's working, you know, what's not working, what's missing in your leadership, what's confusing. I sat down with a guy the other day and kind of went through those four questions. We just wrote them on a napkin and it was really kind of cool. And we were able to just kind of, he was able to, he's like, man, I hadn't even thought about some of these things. And I was like, well, that's cool. Let's, let's get back together in a couple of weeks and let's, let's see where you're at with just one of them, you know? Um, so I don't know if that's maybe something that we share in this episode is, Hey, here's something that you could use to, you know, start praying. God's going to lead you to somebody. And then here's a couple standard questions that you could start going through. You know, I don't know what y'all think about that. If you think that's too, you know, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think the thing is, is that if we're believers, the big thing, I, I think, if we're believers, we're actually supposed to be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like this is actually part of the whole deal that we are doing. We're supposed to be building into people, each other and spending time with each other. Like we can be all strategic if you want, but like, this is just about making disciples. It's about, I'm real, to be honest with you, I'm real excited about 
my son getting into student ministry because he's going to have guys that are a different voice than me. It doesn't yeah. mean that it replaces my voice. It's another voice. Because right now his voice is me and his mom and his sisters. And I want him to be under another man and have him listen to that. And then him come on and be like, hey, Dad, this guy said that. And I'd be like, well, two of those things are great. One of those, you can't do that. <laughs> you know? And then you just got to even have that conversation. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> I mean, just I'm just excited about that. I'm glad our student ministry set up that way. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just it's just not being afraid of voices. Now you got to discern them, but not being afraid is a good thing. Yeah, I like it. You know, Chris, several of the things you mentioned, I mean, really highlight our shepherding values and how we're how we're doing that in groups. But really, for all of us, if we're discipling and and caring for shepherding people, the next generation. Like we're praying about that. We're developing relationships. We're being empathetic. We're speaking in, but we want to speak in biblically um, and speak wisely and choose our timing and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. there's, there's pieces of that that we can pull out. I like it. Yeah. I think, I think if I'm listening to this and I'm a dude, I want to feel challenged to go like get started, especially if I'm not doing this, you know? So I want this to be a resource that if, you know, Brad's talking to a guy and he's clearly, he's not discipling anybody. He's not really investing into anybody, into this next generation of people. Then this could be an episode that Brad could say, Hey man, why don't you go listen to this and let's talk about it. Like, I want to talk with you about this, but I want this episode to, to set up the conversation. I'd love to hear what you think about it. And then maybe that could help Brad, you know, push the guy along a little bit more because of some things that you guys have said. So that's really what this is. It's just the interview is like 20% important. It's like, you know, it's what happens after the interview and the conversations that happen afterwards. So um, I think when we did that podcast for Kairos, I, I do think we need to say that, like, I I think it was Kairos when we did it. When I, I think I said that there's a couple guys that can't stand me now. Absolutely. It's not always going to go well. No, it's not. Yeah. That is the thing. It's not always yeah. going to Man, we're all tight. Man, he listens and all this stuff. No, I got a couple of dudes that, bro, they hate me. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking of DeYoung. <laughs> like, Brandon DeYoung's an example to me because, you know, he, which he had a, he had a difficult season of life, but, like, he really did come and seek. He did. Um, you know, input, leadership from men in our church. And then um, Luke Hall comes along who has a similar um, a similar life experience and Brandon and because of what's been done for Brandon, Brandon feels on the hook yeah, for Luke. And sure. so Brandon over the course of a year spends a ton of time and Brandon's, Brandon and Madison spend a ton of time trying to help him. And now that joker's gone off the deep end. And mm. so like for Brandon, it's already, it's it's already becoming clear that like, okay, just because, just because God, like God needs me to, just because God's asking me to do this work doesn't mean that all of this is going to go well. Um, yeah. so I was thinking about that this weekend as he was up there at the forge retreat and I was like, man, I'm, I know how much time, I know how much time and energy he's, he's put into Luke over the last year. And, um, and I know how it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, Always. it's just, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a sobering reality to some of this too. Well, maybe we we ask you guys like, could you give us two scenarios? You know, one that's been that's gone well, and one that's been difficult, and why we still need to do this. You know, maybe that might be worth sharing as well. Um, yeah, anything else you can think of, Brad? 
no, I just, that was the last thing that was on my list of being able to talk to or be able to speak to the fact that failure is going to be a part of this. We're going to feel like we failed. Um, we're going to see them make decisions that, that we know are, or that we believe are, are not good for them, but that can't dissuade us from continuing on. Like that, Brandon can't see Luke make those decisions and and not think, all right, I, I got to keep going. I got to, there are more people out there. Yeah. So we, uh, we can land the plane here. I think this has been great. I'm grateful you guys shared all this stuff and we got these notes down. We'll add some more notes and add some questions to it. But we were asking the question, how should men think about leading the next generation? Do you think that's the question we need to be asking or is that um, – should we be asking another question or is that okay? I need to think about it, but that doesn't, that, I'm not, it sounds good to me. I yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not confused at all. No, yeah. I'm not. No. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to ask a question once a month and how should men think about, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. How should men think about local church? How should men think about, you know, leading their family? How should men think about rest? So, Okay, cool. Well, I like this flow, the why, the how, and the what. And um, I think what we did today, we could probably repeat it. Yes, Brad. Yeah, sorry. I have a question in the back. Um, the other thing that I think would be would be good for us to talk about, just in my experience working with y'all with Kairos and residents, is how we years ago were able to speak to residents and interns a certain way and press in a certain way and how that has changed over the years. I think helping the the men that are listening or anybody listening understand like there, there are things you can press in on and still need to press in on, but there's a way you need to do that, a way not to do that. Um, I don't know how we speak to that, but I do think it's important for them to know this is what today's teens and college students are going through and dealing with and how they're wired up differently than five years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. So my coach tell me I was the worst first baseman in our conference was motivating to me. Like it, he was like, you're the worst first baseman in our conference. I was like, man, I am. I got to get better. Like that didn't hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Cause he actually was trying to push me is what he was trying to do. He just was, uh, you know, a coach. He was a coach 25 years, 30 years ago. So, yeah. Oh, think about God, 30 years ago. Yeah, 30 years ago. So, yeah. that's what it is, you know. Yeah. So, you don't say that now, or you still speak that kind of encouragement? <laughs> young, <laughs> is that where you're going with that? Don't spam this. Yeah, they probably don't know anymore. Yeah. Donald Span will do it in your interview. <laughs> Why we gotta get him out of those? Yeah, <laughs> we gotta but, get him out of those. <laughs> but if we do like two or three things that that people need to be thinking about in dealing with today's generation, I think that could be helpful. You know, they are more likely to be this and this and this um, as you're interacting with them. I think that that would be helpful. So Davis, when we talk about the problems that they're trying to solve, like maybe you could tell us some of the problems that like, for an example, like, you know, the uh, teenagers, whatever, these are the kind of problems that they're trying to solve. So maybe that could be helpful. Yeah. 
I could be, I can think about that. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, this has been great guys. Thank you for doing this. I know it's like, seems more than maybe necessary, but it helps us kind of have a good template to work with. So I'll just reach out to Rachel and we'll figure out when we can do a final interview, maybe in the next couple of weeks and just go from there. Is that okay with y'all? Wonderful. Thank and you. And we'll do, we'll do it in here. And um, we'll spend like the first couple minutes just getting the mics ready and making sure everything sounds good. And then we'll just kind of jump in just like what we did. Three claps. Well, I'm in. Here we go. It gets my attention. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yes. Boom. Ready. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thanks back. again, guys. Appreciate y'all. This will be a good episode. So y'all enjoy your day. We'll be in touch. See ya. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.